Hello. <laughs> we are now live and recorded. My name is Andy Grant. Welcome to Rokum. I'm sounding like Astro. Welcome to Real Men Feel. <laughs> Joining me as always is my friend and co-host Apio Hunter. Hello there. How are you today, Apio? Fantastic. Good We're getting day. hammered by a very late winter storm right now, so it feels good to be inside where it's nice and cozy. You don't have to be out driving or anything, so... Yeah, life is great. Cool. Yeah, I'm in Massachusetts, and you know, yesterday was the first full day of spring, so of course we've had you know like eight inches of snow. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, great way to celebrate, right? Yeah, yeah, it was good because it's really been a low. We haven't had much snow at all this year after getting hammered the last couple of years. So it was actually nice. It's already it's already gone. It's already melted because it's warmed up so quick. <laughs> Yeah, that happens a lot there on the East Coast. Here out out in like in the West in the Rockies, it it tends to linger a bit. See, now I feel like we should be queuing up uh, It's Raining Men, right? right? That song? Like, well, <laughs> Real Men talking weather. <laughs> so again, welcome to Real Men Feel. Uh, my name is Andy Grant, and this is really a space for Appy and I and whoever joins us um, to chat about the notion that a real man today is a man that is allowed to feel allowed to feel everything, whatever's going on in for you, whatever's going on for people, those around you, no emotions are off limits. No emotions are just for you. And some are just for women. It's not like that at all. We think uh, you're allowed to be authentic and vulnerable and feel whatever's going on for you. And we're going to talk for about 20 to 30 minutes. We meet every Tuesday live at 5 PM here on blab and our seats are open. If anyone wants to join in and uh, really be seen and take part that way, we also, you're also welcome to, Join us um, with the chat messages, asking questions, sharing your feedback. Today, we are exploring stepping out of the spiritual closet. And to me, being spiritual is different from being religious. And being spiritual can be anything from, you know, reading your first personal growth book, um, meditating, meditating. Really anything from that, from like for me, that's where it started. I think meditation and, and reading personal growth, want, wanting more, but anything that helps you to realize, decide, awaken to the fact that you're not just a bag of meat. So, uh, Apio, what, what kind of was the, was the first kind of spiritual step in, in your life? I would say that my spirit, my first spiritual step was, in fact, getting rid of the religiosity in my life. It was a coming to recognition that the religion that I had grown up with, that had been formed so much a part of my identity, was really no longer serving me. It was no longer bringing me the joy that I had come to expect and that and that I wanted from being religious. And like you, I define spirit being spiritual as being something very distinct as being from being religious. Now, there are many people who see the two as one and the same. And their definition when you talk to them makes a lot of sense um, that for them being religious is synonymous with being spiritual. But when you probe further, um, yeah, it, it is. But like you and me and our experiences, and I think the experiences of many people, particularly in Western society, um, they equate religion with being dogmatic, judgmental, exclusionary, and everything else, whereas being spiritual, I call spiritual being connected to something that you realize, know, and understand is much greater than yourself, being connected to not only your higher self, but to all of the aspects 
of the universe that or what however you want to define it god that's i'm i'm good with that term as well that is greater than the physical you this bag of meat as you put it <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah cuz for some people yeah you can be religious and spiritual Mm-hmm. But some people can be religious in the sense that, well, I went to church every Sunday and I sit there and I wait for it to be over and I go home. And so you can be religious and not spiritual at all. You can be kind of just blindly following something. But you can also be very spiritual and have a connection to God, to source, to the universe. Mm-hmm. And it aligns with traditional religion. Mm-hmm. And you can also have it that it doesn't align with anything. You can you know, kind of have yeah. your own religion. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm one of those who falls into that last category. I feel like, you know, I follow my own path. I don't associate with any particular religion, but I also know that from the perspective of source energy, that it doesn't matter. It really makes no difference whatsoever what religion you actually belong to. What's the most important thing is, is the path that you're on bringing you the joy that you seek? Right. That's what it really boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the real truth of it. Connecting to something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was not raised with any religion. So as a, as like a seven and eight year old kid, I thought that made me an atheist. Um, and I grew up in a, uh, there were lots of Catholic churches in my neighborhood. So I thought Catholicism was the only religion. And mm-hmm. I just had no, there was no education. I didn't know about it at all. And I, I remember even having, um, uh, there's one, I think there's only one. Anyway, there was one kid in my school who was teased for being Jewish. And I just thought that meant he was from Israel. I did did not even comprehend it as a religion. religion right, yeah. yeah. Just like, like, what's the big deal about you coming from Israel? I just, like, <laughs> what's, what's, what's wrong with that as opposed to if you're from Canada? I don't get it. So, yeah. <laughs> it was all very foreign to me. But it also interested me. I, I in In college, I took multiple classes on religion world religions and looking different cults and sects and always trying to find, well, what's the core? What's the one thing about it? And I realized I was in search of spirituality. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. was looking for the common theme amongst them all. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really fascinating. And, and I think that's what leads a lot of people to, down that spiritual path, down the path of spirituality versus religion. Because all too often what happens is when people are looking for that connection to source energy, that connection to, to that greater, higher self, to, to God, they oftentimes, of course, the, the ones that you find immediately are going to be the religions because they're very, very good at marketing themselves or very good at putting themselves out there and making themselves known and everything else. So you're going to find the religions first. And then I've, I've known many people who have jumped from religion to religion to religion to religion because they are seeking. But then when they start encountering all of these rules and restrictions and thou shalt nots and things like that, they realize that it's, there's a disconnect between what's being taught in those organized forums versus what they tend to feel on a deep, deep soul level. Yeah. And ultimately, I, I, have, I have great respect for those folks who are able to not only pick and choose – the beliefs that they want, that they would like to incorporate into their lives, that they can also create their own as well, forge their own path. So, I mean, I know, I know one individual. He's um, studied virtually, like you. He 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 has studied virtually every single major world religion, and he has done so in depth. And he has taken elements from all of them, the elements that he has found most beautiful, 
and that really speak to him and incorporated them into his life. And he has created his own form of spirituality, his own special religion, if you will. And it's really awesome to see. Yeah, it's really cool that um, it, it, I mean, living in a country with religious freedom that you can pick and choose and make your own and, you know, where no one's no one's persecuted too heavily, I, I hope, and it's not in my experience at least. Um, but it, but it's funny. There's so there can be so many relaxed ones. Um, where I live now, I moved here about 15 years ago, and and just down the street there's a Unitarian Universalist church. Mm-hmm. And I, I I went there once uh, to talk to I forget what they call their leader, the guy in charge. Right. <laughs> you know, I go to talk to him, and I was really depressed, and it was a very suicidal time for me, and it was just like one of my last ditch things. Like, all right, I'll try religion. Introduce me to God. How does this work? And he was like, oh, we don't have any rules. We don't have any dogma. I'm like, well, how the hell am I supposed to know how to live? That's why I came here. I'm finally ready to, all right, religion of the world, tell me how to live. And he's like, nope, we don't do that. <laughs> nope. We just help you find your path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that awesome. was a trip. But, um, but in terms of coming out of the closet, so to speak, mm-hmm. as you've discovered your spiritual aspect, as you tried new things, had experiences, do you immediately share them with people? Or have you kind of, did you keep it kind of quiet to yourself at times or all the time? Or how, how was that? Because I came from such a place of fear, you know, I was, I, I grew up in a place I was where religion just dominated, you know, your daily life, you know, growing up in, in Utah where, where Mormonism is the dominant religion and continues to play a very oversized role in people's lives and, and in life here. Um, I was always consciously aware that something that didn't fall into the prescribed formula of the faith that I grew up with was somehow deemed, you know, serving the devil, evil, and all that stuff. I had to sit, you know, within those narrowly defined parameters that were given to me by the church. And while I was encouraged to seek truth from all sources, um, there was a caveat that the truth had to really be from the sources that were approved by church authorities. I'm like, okay. And and again, that's not a criticism. That's just how I interpreted it. That was my personal experience of how I, how I was raised and how I looked at things and how I processed things. But then, um, so, so coming from that place of fear, I kept it to myself. I kept these new discoveries and especially the abilities. You know, we've, we've talked about this in a previous episode about how both you and I read energy, especially emotional energy, and we interpret that energy and we're able to work with that energy. Um, I've always been aware of that. And for a long time, I looked at it as just being a gift of the Holy Ghost. That was, that was a filter through which I was, I was processing it. But as I started to let go of the dogma and as I started to leave the religion and embrace the fullness and totality of my spirituality, I realized that this is just, it was just a gift that was always there and that I was always very happy with. Um, and so ultimately what happened was I started, I, I kept things to myself, but then I would eventually start to share. And as I shared more, I found that there were more people who were willing to embrace that aspect of me. There were people who were, um, celebrated that part of me and i when i started deliberately tapping into emotional energy as part of my work i then discovered that you can't just crack the the window open to peek in once you crack that window open 
it, it, you just throw it open. And I mean, I did more than just throw the window open. I knocked down all the walls. All I have are the studs and the ceiling above me. Now that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I am full on connected, and I am still those. I still have those residual times when I have that little knee-jerk reaction of fear of not wanting to step out, of not wanting to talk about the spiritual gifts, particularly when I channel. Um, but I'm learning to live with it, and I'm learning to be more open about it, and I'm learning to embrace it. And it's like, you know what? If people are going to judge me, and if they were going to want to disassociate themselves from me because I do share those gifts, and I do speak openly of those gifts now, that's fine. They are, they are welcome to their opinions, and they are welcome to their paths. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you were... Now I'm spiritual, and it's done. <laughs> no, it was a journey, and it is still a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Very much a journey. So, so what's, I'm kind of curious about yours, because I know that when you started reading Akashic Records, we talked a little bit about this before, but I never really found out you know, how it was that you, you, you stepped into embracing that particular aspect and, and being able to, to read the Akashic Records. Oh. So, um. yeah. So the, my first real training to read energy was a year-long program training to be an energy coach. And they were all tools that, that – a training I took to tell myself once I realized I, I was an empath and that a lot of my depression and suicidal thoughts were really they – were, they were energy I was picking up from things around me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I learned to read energy, learned how to clear blocks, learned to release energy, let things pass through me, be my own willingness to feel all of my emotions – help move past them and not carrying baggage around was a big part of it. Um, and then the kind of the final ceremony of this year-long program, we connected with our Akashic records and we had our record keeper come down and I can, I still, I'm starting to feel it already. Um, it was like a software upgrade. There was, I felt a being over my shoulder mm. kind of opened me up and we asked like, throw away all the records of things I've learned and the lessons I've been repeating and no longer need to and make space for the new and it put me back together, and I felt amazing. And I was like, that was the first experience of the Akashic Records. So it was always in my head like, oh, I'm going to dig into that more at some point. Um, <laughs> maybe two years later, I was now teaching. I was teaching an energy tools workshop. And at the same place that I was teaching, the next weekend was how to read an Akashic Records class. So I was like, okay, I finally, I finally, I see it. It's a place I come to. Let's, let's do it. And the first time I opened my records, it was very clear. Well, hello again, and fancy seeing you here. And I'd been there often, and I just didn't know it. And that's what I love about that as a tool. It's just a very simple prayer, like, now I'm in the records, and now I'm out of the records. So it's not like, oh, is this my intuition? Is this, is this a guide? Is this someone else's energy? It's just, oh, when I'm in the records, I know where things are coming from. Yeah. It's very clear. It's fun. It's just an environment of unconditional love is the best way to, to phrase it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I. I completely. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cool. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So that's what that is. And um, you know, by now I'm easily, you know, I love new experiences, and I'll blog and tweet and talk all about whatever new thing I'm doing before I even know what it means for me yet. Um, but it certainly, I was not always that way. <laughs> and what about you? Are you so now when you have something new, do you immediately share it, or is it still some kind of? Uh, little growth period for yourself before you're willing to go out there? It still is a a bit of a growth period for me. Um, I do get excited very quickly and I want to share it immediately. And I do share with an immediate circle of friends, but um, sharing it more openly, I'm still a little more cautious. I still kind of like step into it. I mean, for instance, when the no Samuel, the non-physical intelligence that I, that I channel, um, it was over a year 
that I realized I was channeling Samuel before I finally stepped forward and said, ta-da, this is what I'm doing. I'm coming out of yet another closet, you know? Wow. I did not realize it had been that long. That cool. Yeah. So you, so during that time, did you keep it quiet because you weren't quite sure? Was it was your own confidence of what was happening or? Yes, that's exactly what it was. It was my confidence about what was happening. I knew what was happening. And I mean, the accuracy of what was coming through and what I was sensing and feeling was, was absolutely there. I just knew it because not only did I, did I just feel it with every fiber, every cell of my body, but I, I, the feedback I was getting and people were just like, Oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And sometimes things that they didn't want to hear, <laughs> but they needed to hear that's, that was just was what was snow coming through. And so, yeah, eventually, you know, it, what happened was I finally decided to stop paying attention to my fears and start, start paying and trusting what was coming through and trusting what I was feeling. Um, cause really for me, it was just impressions. I would get very, very distinct impressions that I would then just translate into whatever words would be most appropriate to describe those impressions that I would get. And uh, eventually, you know, this I kept getting. I, I was I, I was originally referring to Samuel as the collective or the committee because it was it was more than you know it was it was absolutely you know a, a wide collective intelligence. Um, but eventually, when they kept on saying, you know what, doing this thing one on one isn't very good because there is a lot more. There are a lot more people out there who are asking for these messages, who are asking for these these insights. Um, you really need to start stepping out <laughs> and doing it in a group setting. So I'm like, okay. Um, so I need a name. I tend to just can't go out there and say, oh yeah. I'm Talk to the committee because yeah. you know people think I'm hearing voices, which I actually don't. Yeah, or oh, you're turning into Congress or something horrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, originally, they did give me uh, just very tongue in cheek because we have a mutual friend, uh, Pete Cosaboon, who's known as the Angel Encourager. We were talking about doing some some uh, work together. And uh, since he he actually works with angels and uh, you know uh, does a lot of translating messages from archangels, uh, they're like very tongue in cheek saying, "Yeah, if you're going to do something with Pete, do use Charlie. That way, it could be Charlie's angels." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I want to do something a little more serious here. So they told me Samuel, and that was a fascinating thing about Samuel is that when Samuel, uh, when I looked up the name Samuel, you know. In Hebrew, Shmuel, it's translated as God hears you or God has heard, oh. which was to me really fascinating because of the work that I do. That The men that I focus on doing my work with are the ones who are asking, who are questioning, who are in that stage of life where they feel like, does anybody hear me? Hmm. And like, okay, yeah, there obviously was a purpose behind that name. Right. So we've we've <laughs> just been going on since. And it's a very different experience on, on your end from tuning into someone energetically and emotionally to, to channeling Samuel? It is. It is and it isn't. That's the really strange thing. On one hand, yes, because when I'm when I'm processing emotional energy and I'm reading emotional energy, it is very much a one-on-one experience. And yet at the same time, I'm also continuing to get those impressions from Samuel. And it's like, okay, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. But when I am channeling Samuel directly, not only do I feel a much greater presence, that love that you talked about, that incredible peace and love and absolute acceptance, um, 
I have noticed I tend to speak more in first person plural, we, versus just I. I'm getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. It's just like we and just goes from there. <laughs> and, and, and I also noticed that I, my entire body tingles during the, during the experience. It's, it's hard to describe, but it's almost like being on this permanent high, this permanent buzz where, where you just know that something is going on. And, and it's like you're, you're being, you're into, all of your cells are being sim- uh, stimulated simultaneously. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you discovered kind of uh, a limit to how much you can be in that, that energy, that space in, in a given day or for a given time period? Or? No limit. There's absolutely no limit whatsoever. In fact, I mean, I, I, I just know that I could literally step into a group of tens or, or thousands. It doesn't matter. There's, there is no limit to, to what I can process. However, because I'm still getting used to all of this, it, my physical body does have a tendency to, after a period of about 24 to 48 hours, want to just kind of like collapse and want to just re-energize for a little bit. But again, it's, this is part of the getting used to the whole the whole process of, 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 of channeling Samuel. But more so, it is the physical side of myself, you know, the my body and my ego, the brain, that are still trying to feel like, no, we're not being shunted aside. We are very much part of a partnership that's going on here. They are getting used to the idea that they're no longer fully in control, <laughs> that, that there's no need to protect me, that it is um, – so, so sometimes when they feel like – we're not, they're not getting enough attention, if you will. You know, the ego and the body aren't getting enough attention. They will send those signals to me. So, yeah, and that's when I get tired and exhausted. Yeah. But so the experience of working with one person or working with a large group, it, it, it's not any more draining than, than no, the other way. None whatsoever. Um, I, I I always feel exuberant and exhilarated and just on an absolute high immediately afterward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I have also learned, for instance, I have channeled Samuel three times for in group events over the past week. Normally, I give myself a minimum of five days before I do a group event. Daily, it's not an issue if it's a one-on-one thing. But if it's a group event, I usually give myself a minimum of five days so so that there is that time for recovery and self-care. Self-care is so important when, when, when d- dealing with this. You know as well as I do. And uh, – <laughs> I tend to forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've learned my limits the hard way. I, uh, yeah. it was in November. I was at a live, a weekend long live event. We just had a booth and talking about coaching and energy work. And, you know, as a last minute thing, I said, Oh, I'll, I'll just do little mini Akashic greetings here. So like, you know, $20 for 50 minutes. And I ended up doing, I think it was like 28 people. Uh-huh. And I was like, just high. This is the best. Oh, this is what I wanted to do. I feel so awesome. And then that was like all Saturday, all Sunday. All Monday was flying high. And then Tuesday, I was like, just crashed. And <laughs> just exhausted and depressed. Like, oh, everything stinks. And it was almost like the comparison of like staying in that, that pure spirit, that pure love. Everything's awesome. You see the best of everybody when you, when you're, when at least when I'm in the records, I'm seeing it when, you know, people might be complaining about or wondering what's wrong. I'm like, no, I, I see them at their perfection. Yeah. Like there's, there's nothing wrong, and it's all kind of illusionary. What they're whatever they think they're facing or having challenges with, but um, but, but then 
coming, you know, coming back to, to reality and the physical reality was like, it hit hard. It does. It really does. And I think that's, that's what I liken it to is that disconnect, you know, when you're in there, when you're in that space and you're feeling all that energy and it's just flowing through you, it absolutely sustains you. But when you're no longer consciously aware of it and you go back to your quote unquote routine, that's when you notice and you feel the absence and boy, oh boy, it's just like, yeah, I, I, I give me just don't bother me. I want to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of naps happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so that is interesting. That you know that when when processing energy in that particular form, it sustains you, it loves you, it supports you, and that's exactly what it does all the time. Anyway, spirit is always supporting and sustaining and loving. And I think that's an interesting lesson that just just popping into my mind right now is an interesting lesson to take from all this is that when when connected to to source and you know processing that type of energy, um, give yourself a little bit of space and permission immediately afterwards, not only to decompress but also to to remember that there's never really a disconnect. And as long as we can we can keep that in mind and remember that that. There won't be that crash. It's almost like you know taking five hour energy. There's no crash afterward. <laughs> you feel great, and then you just very gradually settle back down again. And cool. yeah, so and so so we've been talking about you know stepping out of the spiritual closet and letting people know kind of what you're into or what your gifts are, what you're exploring. And you know, I'm trying to think back. You know, anytime I've hesitated and kept something kind of secret, it, it's always been my own fear. And when I've let people know what's up, I've never had backlash. Mm-hmm. I've never had the mocking. I've never, you know, I've never had the the being made fun of or people doubting me. You know, maybe it happens outside. No one's ever done it to my face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been no repercussions. It has how, how has that been for you? I would say it's been the same for me. Um, I have, however, noticed that there are people who will stop talking to me. You know, they, they, they won't just flat out be hostile, but no, they may, they may stop talking. They may, you know, find ways to, to avoid me or whatever, which again, it's fine. You know, for me, it is, I'm, I'm perfectly, it's perfectly acceptable for somebody to occupy whatever space that they're in. And if they feel uncomfortable with me talking about the more spiritual aspects of myself and the fact that I have stepped out of yet another closet and fully embraced my, my work as a channeler, as, as an energy coach and, and energy worker and all that, that's fine. I mean, if, if, if the path that they are on and they are comfortable with that path, which does not give them permission to, to see beyond the narrow scope of which they are looking at the world, that's okay. That is perfectly okay. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that, you know, when you put yourself out in a new way, when you put yourself out there spiritually, when you're talking about your vibration being higher, you know, the people that it don't align with, they, they just get missed. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and more people are attracted, you attract like new moths to your yes. flame are attracted. And then it takes, it's only like after a while, like, well, I just realized I haven't talked to that guy in a long time. Or, oh, I realized I don't see that person on Facebook anymore. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, I was looking at my page the other day, and I just I never really checked the statistics because I don't care about the statistics <laughs> or anything. But I just happened to, out of curiosity, look, and I saw that I had one unlike for my page. And even though I couldn't tell a source or anything like that, I, I just I just immediately knew it's like, okay, that was immediately after I published my my blog post about Samuel, about introducing Samuel and the work that I do channeling Samuel. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, obviously that person feels uncomfortable with it and I'm I'm okay with that. 
I remember, it was, I think it was 2005 that I first saw a video with Esther Hicks. Mm. And she was talking, she, she channels Abraham. And right. I've become a huge, but back then it was the first time. And she's saying these neat things. And then she, I noticed her voice is a little different. Some of her words are a little different. And then later she talks about that she was channeling. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? All right, that's just, get out of here. That, that, no, that's where I draw the line. And that's bullshit. I don't, I don't buy it. And it, it, it probably took like six months before that went away. And it was finally like, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I lo- everything she says resonates with me. Like, I don't care where it comes from anymore. Mm-hmm. And, th- yeah. and then before I know it, boy, I hope I can channel. Boy, I want to you know it now. Couldn't I, 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 might, I might know, like, I might personally know, like, seven or eight people that channel on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you know, it's just like, of course you do. <laughs> I, I think it's fantastic. And I love it. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, it's interesting because you and I have many, many, you know, friends you know, of the same friends around the country and literally around the world. And so many of them are into that type of work. And I do find it fascinating. Like you, it's like once I started stepping out and opening myself up, some people did fall away, but others, many, many more came in and they were open to that. They welcomed it. They, and I didn't realize there's so many people who do this type of work and, and who channel and everything. And, um, you know, a close mutual friend of ours, uh, Tracy Farquhar, she channels Frank and, we were we were joking, you know, the other day. It, it would be kind of funny to to bring a bunch of us into a room together and yeah. channel the different ones that we the different energies that we channel together. You know, yeah. just to see yeah. how, how how that works out. I think we were joking about making you know a spiritual Facebook where only your channeled being can do status updates and things like <laughs> Facebook for non humans or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it would be a blast. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there's so much out there. And, and whenever I'm working with, with a friend or a client that is realized they're, they're kind of awakening the things they don't understand, mm-hmm. I'm like, share it. You're willing to let someone else know, let them go, oh, my God, me too. Or I just had that experience. Or I know someone like that. And it's not, you know, get out the pitchforks and drive you out of town. It's just Yeah. <laughs> it took me a long time to be able to, you know, talk to other people who I knew already channeled and tell them oh, I'm doing this too. Because part of me is like, I, I was very protective of them. I was very protective of their work and very respectful of the space and the work that they did. I did not want to be perceived as being somebody who was in competition or anything of that sort. Only to discover that not only were they deeply supportive, but fascinated and wanted to know more about my own experience. And we ended up sharing experiences and talking about how the, we've ended up falling into, you know, into this, you know, this work. And I have definitely discovered that within the spiritual community and most especially the channeling community and those who work with energy – we're all extremely supportive of each other. This business of jealousy and everything else is like, yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah. 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 It's like, that's, that's never been a channeled message. No, never. Yeah. Never. Like Abraham says, get, get, get rid of Samuel. Like you never, you never, never hear anything like that. No. And that's a beautiful part of it is that there are in, infinite aspects of the one message. There are infinite ways of communicating it, and the person who is communicating that aspect of the one message is doing so because different parts of humanity are at different levels, and so those messages are being um, not split apart. Those messages are being communicated in a way that can be received by the other people who are at those levels. So for instance, yeah, Samuel 
could also be Abraham. But oh, we lost you. Oh, looks like Apio dropped off somehow. All right, he'll come back. Well, he was talking about. <laughs> I'm totally distracted now. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> we'll see if he comes back. We've actually been here for a half hour. Oh, here we go. Oh. Now that was weird. <laughs> I, I could see yeah, you and right. everything. I'm like, oh. my my own picture just totally dropped out. That's that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting so you, a message. So you had a. <laughs> Yeah, you had your experience. You could, you could witness right. yourself. Right, I saw, I saw myself falling off. I saw you, you know, looking like surprised. I was surprised. I, I just refreshed my browser and it called right back cool. in. But, but you know, long story short is that um, Samuel's message is focused on the principles of joy, which is what I've always been passionate about communicating and speaking to and, and sharing are the aspects of joy. You know, my, my nickname, Happio, Happy Appio. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much in line and and Samuel you know and again the, the name Samuel was deliberately chosen to say yes we hear you we hear you and here are here is the part of the message that you are most receptive to right now and when you're ready for other levels of the message you will be others who communicate those parts of the message will step forward and you will hear them and you will receive from them. Yeah. Oh, cool. One thing I want to share for anyone that's kind of just on the, the edges of beginning their spiritual journey and awakening and their path, whatever you want to call it. You know, when I first started, um, you, you're mentioning, you know, different ways to hear the same message. And, you know, I would see, well, that guy says that. Oh, you're saying what Wayne Dyer said. And you said, be present. Well, that's what Eckhart Tolle says. Oh, you're all whipping each other off. And it would used mm -hmm. to piss me off. And they'll finally, oh, no, it's the truth. Yeah, it could be, it's going to be, if, if I'm finding, if everyone I met uh, as, as gurus or masters or teachers all said something totally unique and different, well, then there is no truth with a capital T. And I am just getting like egoic representations of something. But so now I'm like, good, you're saying the same thing. Good. And I can hear it from these yeah. different places. And yeah. So now, it's, now it reinforces the truth to me as opposed to pissing me off that people are – Yeah, exactly. That's why I call it the one message. Different ways of communicating yeah. the one message. There are literally infinite ways. Just, that there, just as there are infinite expressions of source energy, there are infinite expressions of the, the one message as well. Cool. Well, we're, we're over a half hour. You had, you had yes, a hard stop I did, stop today, I did right? have a hard, hard stop. So, <laughs> so uh, again, join us next week for Real Men Feel. We're here – Every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern on Blab Live. Next week, we are going to talk about male stereotypes that we are mm -hmm. sick of. And there's lots of those. So that should be a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to add to it, if you want to join in in between calls, join us on Facebook, Facebook slash groups slash Real Men Feel. Share your stereotypes that you're sick of. Talk about future shows, past shows, whatever's exactly. going we on. We have the you. link over here in the chat as well. So, all right. Well, Andy, it's always great right. chatting with you. Blabbing Me with too. you. Yeah. Yes, props. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll give you, the we'll give you some props <laughs> right. and feels there. <laughs> cool. All right. So uh, we'll see Excellent. you. In a week. We'll see you guys in a week. All right. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.